0: Takes place between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. You know, I would like to see Jack drinking, drinking alcohol or drinking any beverage. Uh, I was thinking alcohol, we but we have seen we have seen him almost shoot up. We have seen that. We've seen him drink
1: Calorie Mate in the Calorie Mate Japanese commercials.
0: Oh, jeez. yeah, but that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> Calorie Mate. Um, okay, yes, Tony, I've just touched down. Okay, I'm gonna have this Calorie Mate now. <laughs>
0: I, I I don't I haven't seen that commercial. I got I got a YouTube. You've never it now. seen it? Oh, no, I don't you... think so. I, I I mean I've seen some. I don't think I have seen that particular one.
1: Yeah, he like comes off a, uh, a helicopter and says something with Tony. Tony, I've just touched down. He takes a swig of the Calorie Mate <laughs> drink. I've had Calorie Mate, by the way. I had it procured for me from Japan uh, during the twenty four Calorie Mate era.
0: Did Did you feel like you had calories? I don't know. It tasted like a somewhat bland biscuit.
1: There's a drink, Calorie Mate, and there's a. a Cookie calorie mate. It was fine. Um, There was also 24 (laughs) Jolt gum, if you recall. Uh, That was a gum brand in the United States, uh, and the gum had some amount of caffeine in it, and they co-branded with 24.
0: That I seem to, I seem to recall. I had that. Uh,
1: Anyway, we're. uh, What are we doing, Dave? We're not going to talk about uh, 24 product placement anymore. What Uh, are we going to talk about, Dave? We're going to talk about day nine. Was it? Day 9, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., also known as episode 5 of Live
0: Another Day. Uh,
1: I'm David, and I'm also on with my good buddy and 24 aficionado, off.
0: Hello. I, uh, a, a point of technicalities. Uh, apparently, I mislabeled the previous episode, uh, so I will be fixing that shortly. Uh, shortly as in probably by the time you hear this. But if you haven't, then you know how lazy I am. So, there you go.
1: Well, that was a very uh, Alice and Taylor-esque admission of your fuck-up. Eh. You wouldn't have had to do it. Eh, you, do you just, think just, you have the moral compass of Alison Taylor? Uh,
0: moral compass as in, you know, she took a while to find it again? Or moral moral compass as in before that all happened? or Just, 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 the, the, just the overall. Just the overall. Uh, am I a moral person? Maybe, maybe. Sure. But then I would assume that anybody going into politics maybe doesn't have that much of a moral compass in the first place. And so whatever moral compass she had was probably relative to other politicians. Maybe. Which... May not be speaking that much, but oh, sure. For TV purposes, yes, she has a moral compasses. I, I suppose.
1: President Allison Taylor rules.
0: She does. She does. Uh,
1: you know. <laughs> you know what else ruled? Nine five.
0: This episode.
1: <laughs> yes. Th- th- How did episode.
0: I know you were going to say it, other than the fact that I said it after you said it? Yeah, because uh, no, th- we also this... have an
1: outline that we're you know lose the this... following and you know we're always going to yeah. open up with what we think about the episode itself, and that was just one. Thrilling episode but also a episode of with stuff right and so right
0: I don't know if that was the best segue ever or the worst one ever I'm gonna go with best just to be nice um oh my god average. yes yesterday um not yesterday yeah yesterday this is the first time we're doing it right after the right after it aired so yes yesterday um Yesterday I was actually in town uh, because it was a holiday, so I got to watch it with you guys. So, uh, unfortunately, my memory of it is going to be pretty poor because usually I take notes and I wasn't taking notes. But, um, oh my god, like, I I think, I mean, I'm not going to ruin the outline, but the the confrontations that we got uh, out of that episode, which we'll talk about later, um, the kind of, uh, I guess... Regardless of whether or not you saw it coming, the kind of conclusion or the climax um, of the whole mis- uh, misleading the CIA to the wrong building, um, I mean, not that that's a new trick, but the way they executed it was, you know, th- they're really good at that by now, if you haven't noticed. Really and, good. They also and disguised
1: it, it pretty well uh, in that you thought that Naveed actually was tipping them off. Right. And giving them a giving them a tip that worked, and it wasn't, and it was only until maybe twenty minutes after that scene came up that Margot said, "I'm on to you," not and then you yet. started to know it was a trap. But it it was a nice it was a nice way for the show to mask what the end result was, and uh, the explosion looked great.
0: Yeah, I'm, it's it's funny. My mom was asking me if she thought if I thought. Uh... That uh, Steve Novaro lived, and I'm just like I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I that that's that we're gonna find out the next episode. She's like they can't kill him off. Uh, but then she's also convinced that Kate Morgan is a is a is a mole. So, um, but I
1: was getting the feeling Eric Ritter was a mole just because there was the scene where she was Kate Morgan was driving with Eric and she was uploading the you know key card thing to Chloe, and oh. uh, I was just waiting
0: for Eric uh, Eric Ritter to to say or do Sna- something.
1: Snatched the key card out, and I was glad they didn't do it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm still hoping for a no-mole season of 24.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would like... to Wait. So, hold on. Has there been a season without a primary... And I guess primary would be um, Aisha Tyler's character from Season 4, or above-level mole.
1: Uh, for all the talk, 24 gets for its moles, okay? There are multiple seasons which did not have a mole.
0: That's what I thought.
1: Uh. We- Season one obviously has a mole. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Nina Myers. Spoiler. <gasps> oh!
0: Spoiler. I have to go back and watch it again. I don't remember that.
1: Uh, I do not recall season two having a mole in CTU. Now, of course, I guess you'd say Sherry Palmer was a mole for, for Roger Stanton and Peter Kingsley and company.
0: Yeah, but you, but you also kind of didn't really know if you could trust her in the first place. Right, so that it was introduced is... that way. Yeah, yeah.
1: So season two does not have one. Season three has a fake-out mole, but Gael was not the mole. Right. So season three has no mole. Four has Marianne Taylor. Five does have Spencer who who is serving as a mole. Who is
0: unwittingly a mole. Un- unwittingly a mole. Season six... I don't recall one in six.
1: Does season six
0: have a mole... I'm fairly certain not in CTU. Um, In the government, man... Oh, yeah, Oh, it
1: has a mole. It it has, uh, well, again, an unwitting mole with Lisa Miller and Mark the Stallion Bishop. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And season seven, the moles were written into the story, and then season eight has uh, Dana Walsh. So so actually, there
0: are quite a few moles.
1: (laughs) There are quite a few moles, but I just said multiple seasons of 24 do not have a mole, and seasons two and three do not have a mole. So... Uh, let's hope for a, a molus season of 24. But yeah, really, really good episode last night. That was my favorite of the season. A lot of the people I've spoken to have uh, had the same feeling on it. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's my favorite yet just because I really liked the last episode and I think kind of going from the last into this one because the jump wasn't as high from the la- uh, as it was from the last episode to the one before it. Um, like right now, I'm not writing as high in it, but I would probably, I would probably agree with you on a second or third viewing that it, it that it would end up being the best or my favorite one of those two. I, I'm getting that feeling, they just, just did, not yet.
1: They just did so so much well last night and kept and kept building nicely on the previous four episodes, and God, I mean the strongest stuff last night was the strongest stuff of the season, and what I'm talking about yep. with that is Jack and Audrey scene.
0: That was maybe not the most but one of the most uh tense or one of one of the one of the instances in, during which i was the most tense i would say oh. throughout the season like uh, just it, and you know it was it much of it came out of me you know in the back of my head thinking oh please don't kiss that would be so cliche please don't kiss that would be so cliche but then after that kind of washed away as like you saw that the scene wasn't going to go in that route just the like who's going to say what are they you know, are they going to reveal stuff uh, to each other? W- which, you know, Jack did. He basically said, no, everything that you heard is true. And, and just waiting for what her reaction. I-, I-, I thought she was, let me rephrase that. She- I thought she looked like she was going to recoil in horror. And she did kind of recoil, but not so much in horror as, as she was just kind of like sad about the whole thing. But I, like, like just waiting to see, like, how's she going to react to this? Because you've got, you know, such a strong connection there. But to hear that, you know, the person you've got this connection with, at least in the past, has done something so horrific. Um, you know, you could go either which way. You could go, like, I know this man. That doesn't faze me. Or I can't believe this man that I know so well has done such a thing. And just waiting to see kind of, you know, which direction she went in. Which she kind of didn't because, like, he told her to get, out, get the heck out of there you know as soon as possible um, but just that, that, that tension that that uncertainty was so good um i think i mean i think it kind of put the heller and jack scene a little bit i don't for lack of a better term kind of to shame because i, f- I felt that that was such a bit, such a better s- scene and it's just it's a good thing that well, didn't there come are two, before two
1: diff- two different scenes and one's playing so much more on emotion than the other and, oh right 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 you know no, we'll talk right. about you're the right. heller jack jack thing second yeah. but yeah, I mean, that, that scene with Jack and Audrey was just stunning. I mean, for as pretty good as the first four episodes were, uh, individually as well as a, a group of four episodes, I think what the season had not had yet was a big moment. And it that's fine that, yeah. that it didn't have a big moment through four episodes. But we got, we got the season's first big moment last night and also delivered with day nine's, uh, the pace we've seen in day nine with events are happening a little bit more quickly. Yeah. Uh, Probably because we're working on a 12 episode season as opposed to a 24 episode season. But man, that scene just worked. It, I mean, it, it killed. I mean, you had this. I loved how the second that scene started, there was no build up to the characters being emo, emotional and, and in the throes of it. It happened instantly. Audrey yeah. had that look. Jack's lips started quivering. It was great to see Keeper and Kim Raver's chemistry still exists. Uh, And, you know, Calorie queued up the Jack and Audrey musical theme. And, (laughs) you know,
0: I'm sorry, you said Calorie and all I could think of was Calorie, mate. That's that's the wrong Calorie, I know. Sean Sean Calorie. The show's composed. (laughs) Calorie
1: queued up the Jack and Audrey motif. And, you know, within seconds, they were pretty much in each other's, you know, arms, you know, faces. And, you know, the questions Jack was asking her. Are you, You're you married now. Is he a good guy? Does he treat yeah. you well? And Audrey manages not to answer, answer yeah, I the was questions. Gonna, I was like, what is she
0: going to say? What is she going to say? What is she going to say?
1: I mean, it was just so well performed by, by the two of them. And it's always great to see Jack be uh, emotional and let it out. And again, this was different than previous re- reunion scenes between Jack and somebody. And, you know, the scene just, oh my God, I, I mean, it was so powerful. And you know, you're right in there, you understand that relationship, you see that ten years or three seasons later, nothing, ten nothing years in the show, seven years right. for the audience, three seasons <laughs> in the narrative, n- nothing has changed, those characters still feel that way and that their history is brought into the scene immediately and the scene just plays huge. And, and
0: and i also think before you go on just while we're on that thought there there's there's even a greater impact and a greater vested interest in just in just seeing how that plays out because you know what happened in season 8 that caused him to be in this situation in the first place it's because of someone else that you know was dear to him albeit for a day if not less right but still like that that kind of whatever whatever they had going on between them, Jack and Renee, that launched him into this you know this storm of criminal behavior um and landed where he was today, so you're like, how's that gonna play out how like what's his reaction going to be to Audrey and exactly like he says you know nothing has changed, but just even even just thinking about all how all that kind of fits together um made for for me at least made for for a great scene,
1: yeah I mean it was it was just. I mean, simply phenomenal, and you know that's. I mean, that's why you watch a television series because a story can unfold over however many episodes and however many years, and there's just such build-up to everything, and it it pays off huge. It's not like in a movie where it's two three hours, and I'm not disparaging any great movie, but that's this is the beauty of television. Yeah. When you can make something stretch out over that many uh, hours of content, years of watching. And it just, it, I mean, it was huge. And that's how the scene functioned on one level. And I think the other big thing in the, that scene, and you mentioned it, is Jack finally admitting what he did. You know, he's been been—he—he's yeah. been tossing around the, your government's branded me this, I've been in exile that. And that's Let true. Let me
0: explain my side of okay. the story. Right, yeah. but, you know, Jack did all
1: of the things that he's been accused of. Is there context yeah. to it? Yes. Is it complicated, like Jack said? Yes. Would I have done that if I were in Jack's position? Yes. But Jack finally admitted to what he did. And I thought that was, well, secondary within the scene. That was also quite significant. Uh, and just, I mean, I, I mean, again, absolutely sort of the favorite moment of the season thus far and Man, I'm I'm so glad I got to see Jack and Audrey see one another again, and it's not even because I'm a Jack and Audrey shipper, but I do like Jack and Audrey together, and I like seeing how Audrey impacts Jack's life. It was a
0: good scene for Eskimo kisses. It
1: was a good scene, yes. It was a good scene for an Eskimo kiss, and uh, yeah, that was really good, and the fact that season got here so quickly, five episodes in, is is remarkable, and uh, we also got to see Jack and Heller see one another earlier, which was a scene of a different nature but also a really good one uh you know kind of dancing around one another not going to go into a shouting match i feel like each character was probably of that mindset and you know trying to have a negotiation even though they both see, at least both felt they had a lot of leverage and i did like that heller did not acquiesce to jack's request immediately i mean it's probably something that that will happen because it would make sense for it to happen for any number of story reasons as well as functional reasons for the show but I like that uh, I liked Heller's hesitation there
0: yeah and, and and that's definitely informed by his initial reaction in the previous episode when you know, they were talking about you know oh what should we do with him should we send the Marines in should we not and you know you got Mark on one side saying, yeah do it and you've got Audrey obviously saying don't you know we know him. You know, we know what it's all about, and and Mark says, well, you know, maybe it's because you know him that it's clouding your judgment. So he turns around and says, all right, fine, send them in. Go get Jack. And here again, like you said, he's not immediately saying, all right, Jack, I completely trust you. Yeah, you're my boy. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sure, we'll put you on the field. And, and it wasn't that easy. No, no, it's like I still don't know about this. I don't know about you. Like the things that you have done for the last – not for the last four years. I should say the things that you did four years ever, ago. And ever, ever. <laughs> just – well, yeah, well, ever, but but specifically, you know, the things that put you in the position that you are in now, and then yes, ever the the things that made me tell you that you are cursed. You know, I'm you know I'm done I'm done putting my full faith in 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 you and you know. Frankly, he he already he already was in season six, but you know it's a, it's a nice way to kind of bring that back and you know not make everything just so you know so convenient for him. um,
1: Right. And it just comes from a position of, of a character being reasonable and lodged reasonable and intelligent within his position, which is something the show does not always do well. And it's something the show did incredibly well last night, uh, with how Navarro reacted to Kate's upload and Heller dealing with Jack and Navarro reacting to Kate warning him. It wasn't doing a lot of plot contrivances, uh, last night he, at all.
0: He got a lot better, uh, both from a likability standpoint and from a hey, they're giving Benjamin Bratt something to do. Yeah, from and standpoint, I imagine yesterday. that will
1: continue. Could, could we just go back to the Jack and Heller scene for a, qu- a yep. second? Because you know we watched it with nine people last night, and I thought of this during the scene and we were at but nobody commented on this. You know, Jack basically said to Heller, "I can get to Margot if you let me out and establish contact with somebody who deals with arms and evades." whatever, and he has evaded the authorities. But Jack never says this person's name. So, I have to imagine...
0: I was thinking it it was a Serbian.
1: I was thinking, it could have been the Serbian, but that wouldn't make... That wouldn't make much much.
0: sense, but I was like, thinking, I was like, what if it's him?
1: It could be the Serbian, who got a few lines last night, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think this is the show preparing uh, us for some, a return of some character. I don't want to go and speculate all the possible characters it could be because then we'll eventually name every possibility and then we're not going to be that surprised but it has me it just has me thinking that this person Jack is speaking of this nameless person is probably huh. someone whose name we know yeah. uh, so so I'm, I'm excited uh, for that I, uh, I'm
0: going to blunt my expectations and just put it in my head that it's Mark Madsen Mark Madsen that's a basketball player Michael Madsen oh okay even though it's, I know you and I are both thinking of someone else, but well, I'm
1: thinking it could be any, any number of people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it could be uh, it could be Michael Madsen's character.
0: I'm just saying it's him so that I'm not disappointed if it is, and if it's or if it's not somebody special. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, it doesn't even, look. It doesn't <laughs> even have to be somebody special. But I, I just imagine it's going to be a familiar face, and a familiar face will. Was good, but back to some of the new faces. Yeah, I'm with you that they did uh, a little bit better than Steve Navarro last night in terms of his competence as well as in acting, you know, having a character to play and then going out in the field and
0: everything. I, 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 I do, mm, I, I do want to say that as soon as he kind of had an uptick in character and then you learned that he was about to suit up, I was like, he's gone. Yeah, now, I, now, you
1: said that during the episode. I, I mean, yeah. I feel like it would have been too early. For that, I mean there wouldn't have been much there's not wouldn't be much impact in them killing Steve Navarro right now. Right. But There's I, more I impact because mean... we'd be killing Benjamin Bratt, because we know Benjamin Bratt. Even though it's been established for as much as I seem to like Benjamin
0: Bratt, I've seen him in two movies. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good in those two movies.
1: Yes, he was he was in traffic and he was in the next best thing. <laughs> so um, Some
0: good fucking coke.
1: Right. Um and I think they also did better by Mark Orgot last right? Whereas I think in episodes two and four yeah. he was you know, they he they had I had issues with what they were doing with him. He was back to being right, you know, in that more nuanced and in the more nuanced side of yeah. things. And he got to t- say to Heller, "Well, I I didn't tell you about the civilians and the drone strike because it's my job to do that." And then he fessed up to you know what he's been doing with Jack and yep. all. Along. So I mean, it, you had a guy with a certain level of culpability and humility at the same time. So that was good. And Donovan continued to um, to play it well.
0: An episode of uh, admissions. Or An episode of admissions.
1: Well, yeah. Talk about a great concession. though. I love Heller saying, we've given Margot's people a moral victory. Right. I, I mean, I thought that was, re- you know, really, really good. And uh, just another little odd and end with a new character. We had Adrian Cross saying to Chloe that he loves her. Ah. Uh could go in a couple different directions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, I, I think we were speculating, does it mean relationship? Does it mean him just being... You, you made the, the very astute remark that he's kind of culty, and mm-hmm. your specific piece of evidence, which I completely agree with, was the way that he kind of, like, um, kind of brushed his hand across the face of that other female member of the group. Um, yeah, and no, just, he he's with everybody. Yeah, yeah, in general. Yeah. Um, could it be that? Could it just be a paternal or, you know, that type of like protective love or, you know, where they sheboinking? And it's like I, I really hope it's not the last one. I really hope it's just he's weird or protective because I, I, there's something about I'm I, I guess I'm I'm naturally as a person just skeptical of that type of stuff. If you remember um, in, in the premiere, I voiced my concerns about where the Jack and Audrey thing would end up going as soon as she appeared on the screen. Because I was like, I don't, I don't want them to, like, get back together or something. Because yeah, I, I that would be such a, you know, either a contrived or cliche thing. But, you know... I don't think
1: it would be either, by the way. I think if it's executed well, it's executed well. And I think it's, certainly there has been much of a foundation laid for Jack and Audrey's relationship to go in any number of directions.
0: Yeah, and... and, and uh, Chloe the point and Adrian that is,
1: Cross is different. Right.
0: The point that I was getting to with that is that, you know, after having seen yesterday's uh, big moment you know do i still think it's a good idea at a high level re- regardless of execution or whatever let's put that out of the frame for a second no i still wouldn't would i be sold on it though you know if they did it how i know they are capable of doing it especially based on yesterday's scene sure i could buy it i wouldn't like the the overall like broad strokes i'd be like all right that's that's kind of dumb but i would be okay with it because you know, because they would have done a great job with it, assuming that they, you know, were to go in that direction and were to do a good job with it. Um, yeah, that's fair. So so that's just, you know, that, I, I mean to say that that informs my skepticism at the whole Chloe-Adrian thing because I'm just naturally that way.
1: Yeah, I'm a little um, bit skeptical where that's going. Again, would it be something that fits with what we know about season nine Chloe? And I think it would be, for sure. So it wouldn't be out of character or out of left field, I would wonder if it's is it necessary? Probably not, and is it something the show is likely to execute well? Well, maybe, maybe not. So, but you know, we'll have to see where that goes. But it was a um, it was a surprise of, of sorts.
0: Part of so part of it was um, I wouldn't say surprising, but I didn't expect that to come out. But at the same time, I also kind of. Wasn't like I never saw that coming because of just, um I, I guess sort of the looks that he was giving her in in the episodes leading up to this and the way that he was always like, oh, I'm not doing it for him, I'm doing it for you. There was there was a little bit more to the way he said, I'm doing it for you. Oh yeah, than it just, was then just like you're my cult member, so I'm helping you. Like, yeah, there was some groundwork there.
1: there. There was um, groundwork. But uh, but
0: you're right, it was still kind of like, oh oh wow, he he just said that. Okay, yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, It was a surprise. Speaking of surprises that we forgot to mention at the beginning, uh, at the end of this podcast, we have a special segment that we're going to go into. (laughs) I'm not going to say what that segment is now, but at the end, we're going to do uh, a one-off discussion on something. So uh, if you're still listening now, keep listening. And when we get to the end of the 24 discussion, you might want to keep listening for what comes next. As uh, far as what, far what I'm as... drinking
0: right now is a hint, but you can't see what I'm drinking, so
1: oh, hinting. Yeah. So see, that be if much I were of a hint. right, and if I were thinking about hinting, I would have come up with something witty to say, uh, <laughs> and you know, to lead. But I don't have anything. But so we'll go back to 24. Uh, what did you think about the Adventures of Mummy? This week?
0: the Adventures of Mummy. Jeez, I <sighs> <laughs> she's awesome. I mean, I continue to not be really thrilled with that family, but, you know, to. It's so fun and
1: twisted, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to echo what you said, you know, th- there is a certain amount of, you know, kick acidness to, you know, uh, showing how far one is willing to go to accomplish his or her goals, uh, particularly from the villainous standpoint. Uh, yeah, particularly from the villainous standpoint. Um, am I She's still... ruthless. Do I still, you know, get the get the weird as opposed to intimidating vibe from that family? Yes. Um. And and I don't know what it is because I mean, other people find her intimidating. Uh, oh, the, I the find her intimidating. The, the people video that we last watched. Night. Yeah. Uh. The people that we watched it with yesterday all said the same thing. You know. And and it's not that I disagree. You know, on an objective level, yeah, she is ruthless and yeah, she is she she done dirty shit. But just, you know. I guess just when she is, when when that family is on the screen, and when I'm watching these things unfold, I, I just don't get that same, that same you know intimidation factor, and 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 maybe maybe I just can't get over you know what a great matriarch villain um, you know Dina Aras was, and I mentioned this last week, so I'm not going to rehash that again. But you know it, that always just kind of is fleeting in the back of my mind of you know in, uh, of female villains that really intimidate me. And and it's not it's it's not for anything that you know Michelle Fairley is doing she's doing a great job oh, I don't know good. what it is I
1: mean yeah I mean I'm 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 pretty much on board with the whole Margot thing I think she's efficient she's ruthless she's smart I like that she killed Navid herself she didn't have one of her goonies do her goons do it her goons uh, um, so so I like that you know she's committed to the cause I think she has something of a personal motivation I thought she was effective in that you know video message that. Eventually went before Heller. Uh, I'm still wondering if she ends up being the season's main villain, or yeah. if you know they do the common 24 villain, you know, Russian nesting dolls, uh, yeah, trope. But you know, again, just more good stuff. I mean, she gives her daughter that twisted pep talk.
0: You know, <laughs> and, I think and then... I'm more, I'm more into, um, from a villainous standpoint, I'm, I'm kind of more into. Um, the daughter again now, just because she's had you know a digit cut off. Um, mm-hmm. She, the man that she loves, is in grave danger and ends up being you know shot. Um, and and obviously we know why, but you know I'm building up to that. Um, and she's clearly not having a good couple of minutes there when you see her in the episode. You know she's in pain, she's sweating, she's you know she. It looks as if she feels her own mom betrayed her. Whatever. And she's still, she's still, you know, abiding by blood.
1: Yeah, she's hold, she's holding it down for yeah, them. She's... So, I'm, and I'm curious where she goes. Does she flip on Mummy? Does she do the, you know, maybe she ends up being behind something bigger, and she's been playing Mummy all along. I, I mean, I don't think that would happen, but
0: uh, who, who knows? I could totally see that happening just because I feel like the show. Well, the show is... does things like that. Yeah, it's
1: not like there, there have been no seeds planted. Um, no seeds planted for it. Uh, and I'm still hoping they, I mean, I hope they just keep riding out the uh, Michelle Fairley, uh, Margot Alarazi villain longer because the longer a villain has time to be on screen, if it's done well, the more you'll feel either hatred for the villain or understanding of the villain's motivations or you'll feel that the villain will be harder for Jack to prevail against. Uh,
0: I wonder if Stephen Fry is in any any way, shape, or form connected to the villainous aspect of this season. So you, you know, would I got, say that
1: the show's going to have the British Prime Minister be a villain? I,
0: I'm just wondering. I got that sense, and I I hope that I have zero basis for that and, and completely wrong. I don't want that to be the case. I'm just saying the thought crossed my mind a couple of times during yesterday's episode, and I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because of, you know... 24 history where that has happened before. You know, someone deemed friendly is now, you know, an antagonist. Uh,
1: yeah, but... they could do it. Definitely could happen. But, I mean, again, they're talking about even less seeds planted for something. There are less seeds planted yeah. for that. But I hope yeah. there's more more Stephen Fry. That, that That's for sure. Uh, but, you know, the show, I mean, it continues to, it really continues to just plug along and do everything well. And obviously, some, they're doing certain things better than others but i mean they're doing right by by everything i think what's been quite impressive thus far is they're not screwing anything up Hmm.
0: for the most part yeah i mean we know my issues with episode three um yeah you had issues
1: with you had an issue with an episode and that's fine but i don't even think you had issues with anything specific that happened in that episode you just weren't feeling it and it's not like there's one storyline that's you know that's just a turkey well, of or, a or storyline. Yeah,
0: they're not. Yeah, no, I agree. They're they're not screwing anything up. Um, and I suppose, <laughs> I, I suppose that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. There's, um, look, there's no there's no negative on on the ledger right
0: now. Yeah. I. I. You know. Again, like I said, I'm still not sold into the the uh, the mummy family. Um, uh, we're just gonna keep saying mummy instead of Al Haraz because it's so much more fun. But Absolutely. you know, it's like at the you know at 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 its very worst, it's like it's it's fine. You know, it's right. not and like it's worse, it's Oh, fine. this is terrible. It's like yeah, it's it's whatever. It's fine. It's not offensive. I'm just not intimidated. I'm I'm just more creeped out than intimidated by anything else. But um Right. I and do... ways
1: that... Sorry, you first.
0: No, I was just going to say, you know, and looking at, at at where we are right now and what are we 5 episodes in and you know, we've seen them establish this sense of pace and we've seen, you know, things develop faster than they have in the past by, you know, for for obvious reasons and I you know I still wonder when like the certain things are going when certain things that I've been thinking about are going to develop. A you know when are we going to hear about Mister Leprosy Serbian and B you know when and how are they going to use the time cut? Not a not an important thing, just something that I've been curious about oh, the entire time. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm very curious how what they do with this this first time cut because I feel like it's one going to feel different and hopefully it's something they make something out of. But again, we'll see. Uh but yeah, I mean, they things the show's failed at in the past, they've completely avoided. Like, there have been no real plot contrivances. They found a way to make uh, Mark Boudreau and Steve Navarro more sensible characters and not ciphers. They
0: there's no I mean, Matt Driscoll.
1: They, right? I mean, that's that's the other thing that's been impressive. I mean, there's very, I mean, there's very little. I would even say no. There's no fat, to, to, you know, to this piece yeah. of the, to the storyline. I mean, th- they have a story. Everything is connected, all right? It's it's fairly symbiotic, and they don't have some side plot. They don't have something where they're just stretching things out because they need a reversal two-thirds of the way into the season or, you know, one-third of the way into the season, wh- whatever it is. They just keep going, having the story flow organically. They're moving at a nice pace. They're making use of the 12 episodes. They're not delaying... Things that we know are going to happen. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you, you thought a couple things definitely would have happened. Jack would see Heller. Jack would see Audrey.
0: Audrey. Yep. Okay?
1: Both of those already happened. So now you can watch the next seven episodes wondering what
0: actually is going to happen. It almost makes you wonder what—and I say almost. Keyword is almost. <laughs> it almost makes you wonder what the show would have been like had it just been twelve. You know, oh, all along. I mean, yeah, had they been working with these restrictions, because you know the the things that you're mentioning, the pitfalls that they've fallen into, they they have fallen into in the past, and you know a lot of the things that they kind of throw in there might have been because all right, we've got 24 episodes now to fill out. Um, we've got to make some characters do something. You know, we can't leave Terry Bauer out of the first season for episodes, so let's give her amnesia. Right. Um, I mean,
1: completely. I mean, well, let's just even a better example would be, let's say season two was 12 episodes and you need Kim in there for certain big moments, all of which landed those big moments, but now you don't have to fill up, you know, let's just say, you only have to fill up six episodes with Kim, right? right, And you don't have to fill up 18 additional episodes, I'm just saying that there are six big Kim moments in season two. And, you know, that would help. You know, I mean, we could go through each season and with the exception of season seven uh, and start trimming the fat off of the season and Look, it's easier to do a 12-episode story than a 24-episode story. And that was one of the things I was very excited about coming into this season, to see how the show would, one, be different, but two, hoping it would be better, more streamlined, more taught. And so far, it's definitely more streamlined and more taught. I, I'm not going to start comparing this season to other seasons, one, until it's complete, or two, until we have something absolutely but massive far. happen. Thus far, it's off to a good yeah. start. I mean, I'll take. I'll take these five episodes and say, "Hey, I'm very, very pleased." And I mean, and I, you know, keep reading some, you know, reviews, and um, I look a little bit on Twitter as to what people are saying, and the response seems to be positive, And I think they've really done right by the show. Thus far, let's just hope it continues. Five, uh,
0: five second throwback to last week's uh, last week's discussion, at, because we brought season two up, and and it's it's fantastic side stories. Gary Matheson and Lonnie on a date with each other. I'm gonna put that on the list. Actually, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't do anything, but that would be funny because they both stunk. <laughs> um
1: you know, yes. We, we, it, <laughs> well, way to really torpedo the end of this podcast. <laughs> okay, I I mean I don't know how to uh respond to that other than to say next week is episode six, which will be the halfway point of this season, which is oh, something, crazy to me.
0: Something has to Explode. I don't mean f- literally, obviously, but something, uh, something's gonna happen.
1: But well, next week's the halfway point, so we'll uh, we'll probably talk about that next week. And uh, you know, should we move on to our special segment? Hold or, on. Do you have anything else to add to twenty-four?
0: Uh, no, I'm good. I, I was about to prepare for the next segment by you know. Having you're gonna sip pour, you're gonna pour a glass of red wine. No, I, I have I've have already had it. I've been sipping from it. Well, that's I know where I saying. know
1: where your drinking comes from. It comes from Veronica Lloyd.
0: Ah, excuse me, I had to uh, imbibe from
1: what? Your drinking comes from Veronica Lloyd, okay? As does Alicia Flores drinking, uh, and that's gonna. And what we're gonna talk about right now is the Good Wife season five finale. You now have
0: ten seconds. If you do not watch The Good Wife, you have ten seconds to turn your ears away because I imagine some of you are twenty-four viewers, may not be Good Wife viewers. So if you don't turn the podcast off now, everything that happens from here on is your fault.
1: Uh, wait, on. Let me just not, not go just yet. I'll just say five more seconds. If you're not Four. watching The Good Wife, you should be. Now we're going to talk about The Good Alright, good point. Okay, so, Good Wife. Season five matters. alright? This I mean, has been just, such an you just,
0: entertaining
1: You just have to laugh. I mean, it's, season. So, it's so unbelievable this like, show.
0: Whether it's entertaining from a dramatic perspective or a quirky humorous perspective which was totally the last episode um god what you know i don't don't know you know that that i really believe this but at some points i found myself thinking as as i'm watching this series and, and really this last season is am i you know am i really saying that i like all of 24 better than this show I'm
1: not going to get into comparing the Good way to Twenty Four uh, No, I mean but... I'm
0: not going to say compare, but like just looking at you know, looking at my list, you know, the top of which lie at the top of which lie Twenty Four and The Wire, you know, in, mm-hmm. in and I'm like, do do I place this square in between those two at this point? Because right now my The Wire is still my number one, but you know, mm-hmm. do I place it there? Am I ready to do that? You know, not quite there yet, but the fact that I'm even thinking about it speaks volumes in my world
1: sure and i think you have to let the show end uh before you can compare it to two completed series as well as two hallowed series i mean we have the good wife that had five phenomenal seasons let's see what happens when booty call it does a si- sixth and seventh season does it go downhill uh, uh, of does course it get, does it get even better so i wouldn't start comparing it all the time but what i will say is that through four seasons the good wife was an all-time great drama And now through five seasons, The Good Wife is an all-time top-tier drama. Because this fifth season was just absolutely sensational. Front to back, they did 22 episodes. Every single one of them was very good. The season flowed perfectly. It broke new ground. They did not talk about not being comfortable with what they had done for four seasons. They blew up the show twice during the season somehow made it work in each incarnation of, of the show. All right? They would not even contemplate resting on their laurels going for it in every episode, and it just paid off week after week, character after character, story after story. I mean, th- this was... I mean, for me, th- this was an all-time great TV season. I'd have to see it again, and the second that DVD comes out, I will watch it, but I feel like this was... I mean, this is right up there with... And I'm not making... Rankings here, but this is right up there with uh, seasons four and seven of Twenty Four. I was gonna say, is this season, a season four? Seven? Season season four of The Wire. It's right up there with season one of Friday Night Lights, season three of Buffy, and I guess maybe season three of Twenty Four. I, I could throw in there, um, but that's more of a okay half and a you know, phenomenal half. Um, it's I'm sure I'm not thinking of every other great season of TV that ever existed, but this this was an all time great season. And this streak actually goes back to like halfway through the fourth season. So they've done whatever the number is—thirty-four excellent episodes in a row.
0: Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> this is insane.
0: I mean, this show—it's—and I—and I guess the—you know—I'm not trying to get into the comparing game, but you know, just for for a second here, that I think the the good thing about this that it has over some of my other favorites is that you know when we think about my other favorite shows. You, and by no means am i saying that they are one note i'm just saying that the by and large you know those shows have me at the edge of my seat furrowed brow hands kind of clasped together or or rubbing together either because of tension because of you know interest and, and intrigue and trying to make sure that i absorb every single piece of that's coming at me um action sequences whatever and with with the Good Wife, because it is such a you know different type of show, you know, I'm I'm either laughing or smiling or you know near tears or doing that edge of my seat thing. There's so many different uh, ways in which that show has um, has kind of excelled.
1: Yeah, it has so many. It has so many tones in its arsenal, and it does all of them well. It is the busiest show on TV. It has more plates spinning, and they somehow keep them all up in the air. It's so I mean, it's just done so adroitly. And it's not just a technical model. I mean, I'm so invested in these characters at this point. I'm so intrigued by what the characters are dealing with. They have built the show so beautifully. All right. Now they're just operating at a level of, of, of mastery. And uh, But what, what did you think about the finale specifically?
0: The finale was one. Because we
1: can't talk. We have to talk about the entire Good Wife season five. We, we we this is going to be a four hour podcast.
0: Um, I uh, this was one of those episodes where I was smiling. This is a smile episode, and, oh. and yeah, I know, was too. Yeah, <laughs> granted, granted, you've you've got the whole like um, Carrie and Alicia finally you know go to go to town on each other. They they, they bring out the fisticuffs um, uh, figuratively obviously. They you know they they come to they come to blows with regards to you know, I guess. Would would you consider it a power struggle? Not really, but just they're at odds with each other with the direction that they need to be going in with their partnership. And um, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of you know sad animosity there where you know you didn't want to see that happen because they had built something from the ground up. But then you know other than that, you know the. The TV camera or I should say the webcam that was on the entire time, <laughs> uh, which was just, you know, just really funny to see them like sit there and spy like the little hypocrites they are. Um, yeah, the, but it's
1: just—it's brilliant. The, I mean, they wove every single theme that this season had. And there was certainly a, the an armada of themes. An armada of themes. And they wove all of those themes into one hour to bring it into higher of season half. Pa- power struggles, grief surveillance, you know, pol- I mean, politics, I mean, it was just, it, it was so good how this show kept kept doing it. And the Alicia Carey showdown, I mean, that was ins—that was insane, okay? You,
0: you talk about plate spinning, man. I, you know, let, let's, not, let, let's not just talk about the plate spinning that the writers and, you know, the producers are doing, but just like within the episode itself, which is kind of like a physical manifestation of what the writers are doing, you know, of the... Like, from last episode to this – step wait, the um – wasn't the last episode. It, it was the episode where Alicia is attending uh, What's-His-Face's engagement party.
1: <laughs> Colin Sweeney, Colin one of the Sweeney's show's many, many great cast stars.
0: Ugh, you know, and, and taking the plate spinning from that and just kind of, you know, revisiting that tone, among other tones – one last time the finale, like you said, bringing it all together. You know, she's to the point where Peter calls her and delivers what is one of the most subtly funniest lines of, you know, of the season of, this is going to sound like a really stupid question, but where do you keep the casserole dishes? And you knew it's because the mothers are creating mm-hmm. havoc and they didn't want to call Alicia because she has so many plates spinning and she's just going to yell at them. So she calls Peter or call, calls, calls the government to ask them assets. about a casserole dish. And just like the, the it, it's a, it's the most innocuous thing in the world if you just, you know, are kind of like looking at it in from the outside. But, you, you know, knowing this show and, and the, the extremes to which they go, you know, in terms of the, you know, laughter versus, uh, or I should say, smiles versus frowns department, just mashing it all together. Um, there was that line. Uh, and I'm trying to think, um, th- there was this uncertainty at the end. Um, where and I think you're the one who said this where you weren't sure if Eli and Alicia were gonna start making out
1: well I, well, not so much because just shows do that, and you know, Eli was looking at her in a certain way and it' was a season finale, and that's just where my mind was, probably because I'm so in love with Alicia.
0: Oh.
1: um so I mean, I was probably just projecting uh, my thoughts onto Eli gold uh, but
0: but but I think that does that does know? kind of exemplify, you know the rea- my my personal reaction of like wait what's what what is he, what's going on what is he looking at her for what you know what's going on the the uncertainty that i had with what the heck are they going to end with and like why is he looking at her like that you know is is informed by again all the place that they're spinning you have no idea where they're going to go with that oh well, maybe i have some sort of idea but i i was you know completely invested in the moment um you know, thrown every which way by every single plate that was up in the air. Um,
1: right, and they wh- set it up for weeks with Alicia being in her you know absolute crisis and wondering where she was going to go with her life. And then Eli poses this question, and you know, you really wonder: Is Alicia going to do this now? You know, Alicia Flark, who is so private and so hurt by you know the scandal that opened the series, will, will she enter politics? And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's I don't know if that's the best direction for the show to go into, but it's such. A nice challenge for the for the show to try, and it's another example of the show not willing to just sit there and be what it is. It wants to keep evolving. It wants to have, make the seasons feel distinguished. It wants to keep Alicia on a journey and growing Alicia. And they
0: managed to they managed to do it without. They they managed to keep it all organic, and they right. they keep it and they keep within themselves and. I, I will not invoke the name of the last show that tried to do weird, different things because they liked The Wire. Oops, I just gave a hint away from that. But
1: no, we we have never mind. Go you on. You know
0: things like that. You know when when a show decides to depart from, you know the thi- they 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 decide to break what ain't broke. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm trying to find the the, the opposite of that, right? But they, they decide to you know try to fix what isn't broken or at least. You know, step away from what's fixed and try to break something else. Um, whenever you get that into the show, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, what are they doing now? No,
1: every Everything on the show is just natural progression. It's organic. It comes right from the character. Yeah. It's, it's been set up for years, and you don't even think twice about it. The show never makes a, a misstep like that. Does every story work? Of course not. Does every episode work throughout you know, the show's 120 I or love so Belinda's episodes?
0: Husband. Yeah, him.
1: Okay. <laughs> He's right he's right up there with Lance Lance the serial killer from Friday night lights Lance. um but no he's better I don't than that. that he's better than that but yeah i mean it's just right now n- no show is hitting higher notes no show is trying more and no show is being as con- consistent you know and i mean i mean it's ju- it's just a marvel what was your favorite part of the whole finale?
0: um jeez let me think there's so many from I, you know, part of me shifts to the, to the drunken grandmothers bit. Um,
1: <laughs> People really like the drunken grandmother subplot because, of course, in a season finale of the show that's this busy and has had such a great season, and a side with two drunk grandmothers could actually legitimately be the best part of the episode.
0: Yeah, and and when you think about, there's this one, there's this one moment that really kind of. I'm not going to say turn on the light bulb because I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but just, you know, really kind of put everything into perspective when the grandmothers are not accusing, but sort of are are telling each other like, oh, your child is just like you. (laughs) And we're seeing it's not just a funny moment of drunkenness or it was this before they got drunk. I can't remember.
1: It was in the middle
0: of it. But it, it wasn't just a moment of like, ha, 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 they're they're going at each other, and that's really funny. But just, you know, wait a minute. Maybe they are, they, they are. That is completely true. You know, we are seeing, you know, the two people who are pretty much responsible for turning, you know, Alicia and Peter into what they are. Well, I think
1: Peter's pretty responsible for turning Alicia into what she is. That as well. <laughs> but, you know, she... <laughs> just the it, side.
0: It's informed partly by that, but also just the nature of her own character. You know, she responds to... What Peter has done because of who she is before him. Sure, of course. You know, but you're right. You're, you're right. He does, and you know, he's responsible for you know her having to react to it. But it's her reactions that are her own. And you know, when you see the when I saw the two grandmothers just kind of going at it for that brief second, it's just like, yeah, this is you know, this is kind of a, <laughs> for lack of a better word, this is a battle that's fought on multiple levels. <laughs> you think? About yeah, it. I mean,
1: that's no, that's a, that's a very interesting and. Uh... Layered look at that scene, not one that I considered. Uh, also, I mean, my, old
0: ladies getting drunk, real funny.
1: Sure. Okay. I mean, my favorite part of that finale was uh, was Zach saying goodbye because one, uh, I mean, that's always just a, um, an impactful moment when you know a kid moves out of the house and the, the parents saying goodbye. And uh, Grant Phillips is really good in that scene, and needless to say, Juliana Moorely is phenomenal in that scene. But I like the subtext of that scene of. Zach just really wants to be out of that house. All right. And that's why he's leaving. And Alicia kinda knows it. And uh, you yeah, know, th- that that scene really, really hit me. You know, the way it was shot was good. I mean, second, I mean, there were there were no shortage of great moments to choose from, but that that was the one that I felt probably stood out the most for me in that episode. And, you know, you know, it's interesting. The show's called called The Good Life and that title is um you know, somewhat ironic and, you know, maybe it's about her reclaiming, you know, her own agency, but, uh, you know, the show could also be called the increasingly less good mother. (laughs) Um, because, um, I mean, Alicia Clark's, I mean, I mean, she's been the good wife and she's, you know, probably at this point, the best character currently on television. Um, she's not winning any mother of the year awards right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I, 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 I can understand that. I feel a little bad for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like to, I, look, I mean, the show does a great job of putting her in Alicia's world as well as her mind. And, you know, but, you know, I, I she's faltered I, on the— she's, she, she's, she's excelled on a lot of fronts this year. She's not excelled at being a mother. And I felt like that was a very nice clo- you know, grace note for the show to play at the end of this season.
0: Yeah, and the other thing that I liked about that scene is, you know, the the, you know, you already said it that that it was pretty apparent that Zach wanted to get out of there, and not in a callous way, but in just like,
1: no, he's done. Yeah, he's like... done with that. He is done with that household and those parents and all of the lies and pretense and drama, and and he's just done. Not...
0: Yeah, and and it's like you you could have made, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. You know, this is something that every other drama would do, but like they, they could have easily um, or I, I should say another drama could have easily just done a little sappier of a scene and a like, oh, mom, it's going to be OK. And he's just like, oh, yeah, um, I told him I'd be at his house tonight because so we could like, you know, get a hur- early start on the road tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Love you. Bye. You know, right. Which is what most college bound kids would do, you know, N- not all, but most, you know, even without the whole, you know, at home struggles and all the things you mentioned, like, you know, guy at a peak of his testosterone wants to get the fuck out of the house and, you know, meet some ladies. <laughs> Mom, it'll be fine, I'm fine, I'm. it'll be fine. I'm going on the road, I will see you at Thanksgiving, don't worry about me, bye, you know? And, and that that's a completely realistic, you know, portrayal of, of, of how I, I guess, how I imagined um, any typical teenage, college-bound male would act.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was typical, but with, you know, with a few extra um, sure. a- angles to it. How have we gone, I think what's about 20 minutes talking about the Good Wife season finale without mentioning how awesome Diane Lockhart is?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I was waiting for that shoe to drop <laughs> during the episode. I was just like, and not to say that I was completely, like, calling it, but I had an inkling. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if she just said, yo, um, let's, let's, like, make a super team?
1: It was just, well, it was just, it was, again, another example of the show, just everything it being the right move, okay, and the, the, the logical, organic one. That was where the show would go. That's how the characters would react. It didn't come out of nowhere. It was just, that's what happens next. It, it made sense, you know, the show disguised it nicely with Diane getting the state's attorney offer uh, and, you know, Baranski, you know, she just played it perfectly. Uh, the setup of that scene with her coming to floor uh, goes, you know, sitting at the table and this even staged like The Last Supper. And ah. then, I mean, it was. I mean, and then, you know, you know Diane's so badass. She's just like, I'm wondering if you'll have me.
0: And my $35 million. And my $38 million,
1: million dollars in billings. Okay? Um, so, I mean, Diane Lockhart is just the most badass. Um, so she's awesome. And so what's, again, what's
0: it going to be? Canning Lee? Canning Lee? Or do they still keep? Do they still? That's Cannon. what I was gonna say. Do they still keep him on the masthead if if yeah, that it'll, comes to pass?
1: Right. It'll be interesting to see where season six starts. Will it start? You know, five seconds after season five, or will it jump forward three months? You know, any number of things could happen. So, uh, no. That, sorry, sorry go ahead. First. no. Right, you I was go gonna ahead.
0: say that. That actually reminds me of another fantastic moment that I loved at this episode is the the simultaneously snake yet justified move that Carrie pulled off and just going into canning and say yo this is what's up
1: and a gorgeously oh. shot scene though.
0: oh so it, walks you know, up. It's, you know, it's twilight like at you. that bridge you don't like me but this shit's going down I'm only telling you because I give a shit about me and this is gonna affect me
1: well I think Harry gave, gave certainly cared about his firm and his employees. I mean this is, was just his one move and I, I should let I should say happen.
0: Right. I should say I give it I, I should say I give a shit about my motives and I'm not doing this for your sake, but it just happens to benefit you, Mr. Canning, just you know, so right. let you know. But you know, this is completely for me. Um and I don't like you and I'm walking away now. Yeah. And I Carriagos, I phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Carriagos, phenomenal. Will Gardner, phenomenal. Diane Lockhart, Kalinda Sharma, Alicia Florrick, Peter Florrick—all of them. <laughs> I mean, what what a season! So do you think Alicia, season six, Alicia says yes to Eli's offer? Uh, they left it hanging. So,
0: I shit, I don't know. I, I feel like season six is season six is gonna be largely her exploring the ramifications before she makes that decision. But of course, then that would mean that you know either they're gonna wait a long time and drag it out, or uh, many episodes take place within the span of a couple of days, so maybe not. I don't know. Um, okay. Does she say yes? I, I guess we'll I...
1: see. In September, or maybe even early October. I don't like the fact that I'm not going to have a good wife for the next four months.
0: Uh I kind of, I'm kind of fine with that because it allows me to catch up on all the other television shows that had I watched it at the same time, I'd have been like, eh, I'd rather be watching The Good Wife. And now I yeah, can do well the other would... lesser shows and not be like, okay, I'm wasting my time here. Why am I watching this? Instead yeah, that of was TV, that was you
1: know? me. That was me this year. Like every single show, um, at, at least in any you know stretch, okay, and most of the times on any given night a week, just pales and embarrassing. So uh, last question, favorite episode of this season? Go.
0: Oh, 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 jeez. How many twenty two? Fuck. What did? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Um, the 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 Will funeral episode. Um, the uh. You the mean
1: Colin... the, the Will funeral episode, or the one right after Will dies and Alicia finds out?
0: No, you're right. The one after she. It, the, the last the call. one after he yes. Yeah. The last Masterful. call. Uh, Colin Sweeney episode. Um, the the this ep- this season was when. They split off during the season, right? Yes. Not before. Okay. Yes, so. that was episode
1: five. Hitting the fan. The that was my. The, hitting, hitting the, the fan, fan was my favorite. Um, hands down. God,
0: I gotta rewatch it. That one was that that, that one might be it.
1: Oh, I mean, again, hit, hitting the fan. I mean, just so
0: so insane. Uh,
1: so well performed. The flipping the flipping of the phones. Diana and losing the judgeship and the casualty of that episode, how fun it was, how awful I felt watching the characters sabotage each other, uh, the opening act, uh, the, the Will Alicia showdown in that episode. I mean, that was for me one of the 10 best episodes in TV history. I'd have a hard time telling you what my second favorite episode of this good season of The Good Wife was, but hitting the fan was number one.
0: Yeah, I could I could totally go with that one, um, but there's so many others that the, the, there were. I need to give them their due.
1: All right, so we've given The Good Wife its due um, as a little add-on to us giving 24 its weekly due. Somehow my
0: wine is still in my glass. Well, that's
1: because we've been talking about how good...
0: I've been sipping in between, just not big enough.
1: Yeah, well, you know, what what can you do? But, you know, points points to the writers of The Good Wife for crafting a season as just miraculous as, as this one, and points to the writers of 24 for continuing... To, 24 uh,
0: good wife crossover crossover right. 24 good wife cross no 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 maybe for a bit maybe look for the like one thing look the one thing Fla-
1: listen the one thing alicia flark does not need in her life is to meet jack power <laughs> oh. let's let's not do that to alicia so with, with that in mind uh you ready to shut it down
0: whatever happened here did not happen shut it down Level three Tony, we just touched down this mission is a Teams we now. thanks for listening to 24 cast another day if you have questions or comments you can tweet David at deepsky 24mdna that's the number 24 and Austin at mr Chupon. That's M-R-C-H-U-P-O-N. Or you can drop us a line at our podcast page at 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Again, that's the number 24. Please keep them scoped to anything about the most recent episode to date and prior. No questions or comments about reported rumors or spoilers about future episodes, or even anything you saw in the promo for next week's episode. We really don't like spoilers. Thanks a lot.